1: Love, talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman. We are here to put to rest uh, the 2018 Indiana football season after they fell to Purdue 28-21 uh, in a dis- in disappointing fashion. So we'll touch upon all of that. Get some quick thoughts. On the 2019 schedule. And uh, then we'll let people go on their merry way, enjoy uh, bowl season, ball season, and everything in between uh, before IU kicks off the season in 2019, I believe on September 1st at Lucas Oil Stadium against uh, Ball State. TJ, welcome into the show. How are you?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, doing perfectly well. Um, of course, from a Football standpoint, um, you know, sad that the, the Indiana season came to an end. Uh, it's something you and I, you know, thoroughly enjoy, and to have it uh, come to another, you know, end, especially with uh, a loss to Purdue in the bucket game, is um, certainly not something that we enjoy at all. So uh, that part of it, very, uh, very bad, and I, I'm uh, the, the weather is not helping matters, but. Uh, overall, doing perfectly fine and ready to, I guess, kind of, as you mentioned previously uh, before this game on our last show, you mentioned uh, that we kind of have an Irish wake here for this uh, for the season, and I guess that's what we have to go about doing now, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, we're here in good or bad.
1: Yep, time time to, to pour one out for the Departed. Uh, but th- this year, let's talk about the, the game first, and then we'll talk about the year. Um yeah this is a game I thought you know being on for the, for pregame I thought IU had the energy they were saying all the right things uh during the week they got a really great crowd um that that came and announced tens of 48,000 it was every bit of uh 48,000 there as well uh so good on the IU athletic department there um for doing that two for one promotion, maybe they learned from that and realize yeah. that, Hey, if, if we lower ticket prices, people will, people will show up, uh, especially with something on the line. Uh, one thing I, w- I do want to say is that IU owes fans an apology um, for those sitting up, I, I believe on the East side of the stadium in the upper part. And there were goose droppings or what looked like goose droppings, um, all over the bleachers up there that weren't clean. So I, I, I do believe IU owes those fans uh an apology and some sort of compensation because that's unacceptable. You 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 uh build this brand you know the brand new end of the stadium and uh you know late in the year I know most of the year nobody's sitting up there uh but you gotta you gotta clean that. You gotta pay somebody uh, whoever your game ops, uh, stadium ops people are, you got to pay them. Make sure they do the right job and make sure that, uh, your stadium is welcoming to everybody, uh, who goes there because uh, they're getting roasted on social media for that and rightfully so. So, hopefully, IU fixes that. Hopefully, it will never happen again. Uh, these are the little things, uh, that, that good programs, uh, have taken care of. And, um, We'll talk about it a little bit more later, but these are the things that IU has to do so that this athletic department and, and the program can focus on just winning, uh, winning football games and winning on the field. But other than that, uh, as far as the game goes, it, w- it was a great crowd. It was an energetic crowd, and it was, uh, you know, an, an engaged crowd uh, throughout the entire game, uh, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, but Indiana reverted back to where they were Um early in the season uh, where we saw that they didn't take many deep shots downfield. They dinked and dunked. There was no sense of urgency on offense. They ran the ball well with with uh, Stevie Scott, and that's, that's about it. Um, so it, it was very frustrating because what worked later in the season, what gave them a shot in some of these games, was throwing the ball downfield, and we didn't see that and uh, it it just reaffirms that some changes need to be made on the offensive side of the ball uh, via Pinnell uh, on the field and and off the field as well. So that, to me, was the biggest disappointment, falling behind 21-7. And, you know, Rondell Moore was going to get his. Uh, They just needed to limit him to – to those two big touchdowns. Uh, you know, it's like uh, having a LeBron on your team. He's going to score 25 points and grab eight rebounds and, and have seven assists. You just hope that uh, you, you could spread it out. They're not big baskets and, and things like that. But Rondell Moore, uh, a, a tremendous player. He, he was fun to watch uh, down on field level. Uh, if he played for anybody other than Purdue, I would have a lot more joy watching him. Uh, But a 56-yard touchdown pass, a 33-yard touchdown pass, and and then uh, he, he, I mean, he had to be accounted for all day. You saw guys trailing him all day uh, as well. And then Markel Jones put the dagger in IU uh, with a 32-yard touchdown run. Uh, A guy who uh, is from Columbus, Indiana, probably wanted an IU offer, wanted to play for IU, uh, stuck it to him again. And, And those are the big things that come in in, in play in a, in state rivalry games. It's guys who feel slighted, uh, guys who have an axe to grind, who go out there and give a hundred and ten percent and and uh, make the other team pay. And and Purdue had more of that. Uh, all that. That David Blau was fantastic, um, and doing everything he did uh, throwing for I believe 300, uh, 310 yards. Uh, completed 27 of 35 passes and, you know, outside of the, the crazy Mike Barwick interception where he just stuck his hand up and happened to catch it. Uh, he was, he was outstanding. And and, and that's the difference between IU and, and Purdue right now was the quarterback play, the big explosive plays and all that stuff. But offensively, Indiana was disappointing. Defensively, the IU did not create the takeaways they needed Um, to that all year they gave up too many big plays Uh, even though IU had more yards 440 yards they gave up six and a half yards per play again they they gave up too many yards on first down didn't get enough tackles for losses and and things like that and outside of the five sacks which is is terrific uh, Blau had a clean pocket for most of the day and receivers were getting open, and and it's just you know, hope that these are growing pains that IU could come over. And then special teams, you had a Logan Justice missed the field goal at the end of the half, uh, which I thought was was huge. If you go into the halftime at fourteen ten, have a chance for a two to one uh, or two for one uh, deal. Getting the ball after half, you got all that momentum, uh, and maybe that changes the game. And then you got nothing out of anybody else. Uh, Hayden Whitehead had a solid day. But other than that, uh, no kick returns, no punt returns, uh, no big plays, uh, blocking kicks, or things like that. And you, you just, if you're Indiana, you cannot win that way. So that, that's my take on Purdue, on the Purdue game. Uh, anything to add, TJ?
0: No, I mean, I, I think that uh, you, know, you mentioned Indiana ends up with more yards to Purdue, and that's uh, a, an, an example of two things. Number one, um, Indiana was not that far off, uh, but number two, and more importantly, uh, numbers can certainly lie, uh, and that, that's a, a very good example of, of numbers lying. Um, you know, you can look at the box score and say, oh, wow, Indiana you know, was right there, and uh, had more yards than Purdue, and, you know, that's that's true in in one sense. I mean, you can't make the numbers, uh, you know, they are what they are, but it's also not reality to say that uh, Indiana was the better offensive team because they had more yards or, or anything close to that. Um, so I think you do have to kind of look at it um, with – with realistic eyes and say certainly issues on on both sides of the ball, but for me, uh, the much much bigger uh, argument is to be made that uh, the offense just needs a, an upgrade, needs a overhaul, I would say um, you know you look at college football right now, and the top four teams in yards per play if the playoff were to uh, be selected today, you know, four of those five uh, are coming from that, that top four. Uh, you have Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson. Um, and then, you know, your, your fourth one is going to be, I think it's Georgia. It might be Notre Dame. I'm not sure which one is fourth there, um, but it's absolutely critical. Um And Indiana's nowhere near where they need to be uh, to get themselves into being a consistent uh, six- or seven-win program. You know, I'm not expecting an Alabama or an Oklahoma type of program. That's foolish. Uh, But, you know, it shows you those teams have developed offensively to be elite. You know, Alabama is very good on defense, but what makes them – uh, darn near unbeatable this season, uh, is their offense. You know, you can score on that defense. It's very, very good, but you can score on it. You know, a really good offense can put up points on them. And what, what we've seen is that Nick Saban has adjusted uh, his, his strategy and his game plan to fit today's college football. They take risks. They take lots of shots down the field. Uh, and and their yards per play is at a very high clip. Um, What Indiana has is right now a quarterback that cannot make those type of throws. You know, Tua Tagovailoa is not going to play for Indiana. We get that, Uh, and and to expect that is unrealistic. However, uh, Indiana has got to get a quarterback to accentuate the skill players that they have because I think the skill players are pretty good. Or, or an offensive scheme or an offensive mindset, however you want to put it, that is willing to consistently put the ball downfield and get the ball into the playmakers' hands in positions where they can make big things happen. Uh, and what we saw on Saturday was uh, far too conservative, far too passive of play calling until the game had ultimately, you know, really for, for all intents and purposes, been decided. We saw Indiana take some shots down the field. But it was not until the game was, was really no longer in question and it would have taken a miracle for Indiana to pull it out. Uh and that's that's happened too many times. It happened against Minnesota. Um, Indiana didn't get aggressive until later and almost pulled that out. And it didn't happen. or it's happened against Purdue as well. Uh and ultimately it cost Indiana a bull bit.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I made the comparison. Our my my grades are coming out, um, Next couple of days, I've got about six thousand words on 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 the season, so uh, bear with me with with those grades coming out. But one of the lines I put in there is that Indiana's offense is like Kobe Bryant uh, in basketball; it's a volume scorer. Uh, in terms of it, IU finished third in the in the league in, in passing yard total passing yards behind uh, Ohio State and Purdue, uh, but they finished tenth in yards per pass and um, yards yeah. per attempt. And th- that's just saying, you know, it's taking too long to get the ball downfield. You're relying on those 10-play, play eight seventy five eight-75-yard drives, especially with no kick return to get the ball past the 25. Um, yep. You know, you're relying on, and, and then it has to be perfect. You have to execute really well, and IU hasn't, uh, didn't do that uh, all year. And, you know, I I think I saw some people uh, put no blame on Peyton Ramsey saying that, you know, his uh, teammates have to pick him up and his coaches have to pick him up. Uh, But many times this season, I saw guys running wide open downfield uh, that he didn't throw the ball to and, uh, and things like that. So, you know, the, there is plenty of blame to go around to everybody. It's not just Mike the board. Uh, it's not just Peyton Ramsey. It's not the receivers who dropped a few balls. It's not the offensive line. It's everybody needed to be better. Um, you know, the play calling needed to be better. But when guys are running a wide open downfield, you got to get your playmakers the ball. Uh, if you yep. you got you also got to realize, hey, these five yard passes aren't working because our quarterback can't get it there. Uh, fast enough for them to make a play. Uh, instead, you, you get hit for a four-yard game. Uh, instead of getting the ball there, have the guy turn around, make a juke move and get upfield, and uh, a play that's designed, if the ball gets there in time, to get between eight and 12 yards, uh, instead gets five yards. And so there's plenty of blame to go around. You're, you, it's something that yeah, you hope that they – evolved the offense um, or adopted the offense to what they had. And they, they didn't do that. So plenty of blame goes on the offense coordinator, but plenty of blame goes on the personnel guys are running wide open downfield. You have to throw the ball. It shouldn't take your head coach uh, in, you know, the, the last quarter of the season to go, Hey, throw the ball downfield. We're going to make it a point to do this. Uh, that's something that maybe should take a few games. So it's, it's frustrating because I use receivers are really, really good. I said at, at the beginning of the season that they could be sneaky good. Well, they were really good. Donovan Hale had a breakout season. Uh, he was underused. Uh, Nick Westbrook for the first two-thirds or first half of the season uh, was underused. Ty Freifogel had a breakout year. I thought he played really well. Um was banged up a little bit, but he was a reliable receiver. Jason Harris uh, came on. It was unfortunate that Wap Fillier couldn't play healthy uh, outside of those first you know three games and then he got hurt against Michigan State but he's the guy who they need in this offense if you're going to run those five yard slants but the danger yeah. with those plays is you're going to get banged up uh, and, and things like that so um, we'll see what they do uh it's a change that that needs to be made. I don't know when they're gonna make it uh it's the coaching carousel is in full full speed ahead uh we saw a lot of people uh lose their jobs on black sunday and uh, we'll see you know we'll see where people land how it chicks out and, and things like that but in this offense it's not blamed on one sole person um and and it shouldn't be. It's uh, blame is all around. it. And, and when Peyton Ramsey got the ball to the receivers, they have to make catches. They did drop some plays uh, where you know a catch uh, was was critical uh, and things like that. But overall, it's just a weird season, uh, a disappointing season uh, in terms of not getting to a bowl game, the way the offense performed, the step back that the defense took, even though it's a young defense and, and they created 26 takeaways. It was a step back. The lack of anything on special teams uh, was infuriating. Uh, And, you know, Logan Justice was great this year. But outside of that and and a Jay Sean punt return, they did uh, nothing, if anything at all, uh, was nothing. And it is just, you know, a lot of, you know, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And it feels like they left a lot on the field in terms of creativity play calling it they essentially wasted reese taylor's freshman year uh, and, and things like that so going forward it, it's a big off season for indiana football it's going to be a busy off season for indiana football there are changes that has to have to be made uh, as tough as the decision it, it is uh, for a head coach to do that there are changes that have to be made and it's and it's obvious so if tom allen is going to grow into the position these are changes that a head coach has to make. And, uh, you know, it's sucks if you're friends with them, it sucks at any job. If you have to let your friends go and let people you like go, we've all had to do it. Uh, but that, that's the way life works. And if you want to become that program that goes to bowls consistently and TJ, I don't know if I mentioned it to you uh, and some other people, but if you look at these teams that go to bowls consistently, uh, the average four-year player has 60 more practices than the average four-year player at IU if they don't go to a bowl game. Yeah. And that adds up. And they've been going to bowl games after bowl games after bowl games. You look like a, a team at like Northwestern who's been to now three bowls in a row. And IU has been to one. So that's 30 extra practices that Northwestern has. Now, Northwestern and IU probably have similar athletes coming in. But what do they have? They have 30 extra practices to get young guys, reps, to time with coaches on the field and things like that. So people who say, well, it would only be six and six and we want better than six and six. Well, you got to start at six and six. And then yep. you could develop players over time. And then six and six becomes kind of the, the average year. And after that, then you could start talking about seven wins and eight wins and yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things that have to go right for IU to get eight wins. Looking at the yep. schedule next year, they have three non-conference games which they should have won. They open up against Ball State, they play um, Eastern Illinois, and they play UConn, who um, I, I think was the worst defense of all time. Uh, that, uh, I think you mentioned that, TJ. But
0: yep. Statistically, it is, yes. Yep. Or it was, yes. I should say.
1: And then you have you know, you have the big four uh next year, you have Ohio State, Michigan coming in, and you're at Penn State and Michigan State. So the two two of the more winnable games in that in, in of those four are on the road, then you have to go to Nebraska, you got Northwestern coming in, and you gotta go to Purdue. That leaves you with Maryland and Rutgers as as teams that you absolutely have to beat to get to a bowl game. So people who are complaining of, well, why do they wait to the last game to need six? Well, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And the nine-game conference schedule hurts. The draw out of the West next year hurts and all that stuff. So those are just my quick thoughts uh, on IU's going forward. Uh, Do you have any quick thoughts, TJ? Well, yeah,
0: I mean, I think that the – Uh, we will do, you know, off-season analysis. And certainly if there are staff changes, we'll we'll discuss all those. Um, I I do think that there are a couple uh, that just are imperative to be addressed. The first is offensive coordinator. Uh, The second is special teams. Um, You know, those positions just did not perform well enough. They just didn't uh and if you are as you mentioned you know the head coach has to make decisions one way or the other if a decision to change then you have to hire the right guys and if those guys perform then you're rewarded accordingly uh if you choose to keep the staff in place in favor of continuity well you can make that decision uh but if things do not go right next season well you know at that point you've made a choice that could haunt you uh, in terms of your job security as the person in charge. Uh, And that's, you know, fair or not, that is the business of college football. And while Indiana is not a quote, you know, huge big time program, uh, it is a big 10 program that has to operate by those standards as well. And, And at that point it will not necessarily matter how great of a guy Tom Allen is and how much, you know, we or anyone else loves him and roots for him to succeed. Uh, so decisions have to be made, uh, and then you've got to hire the right people, uh, and help them succeed so that your program can succeed. And now, again, with, if, or when those things occur, uh, you know, changes that, that we are, you know, I guess you'd say advocating for uh, based on results on the field and nothing more than that. Um, You know, we will certainly cover them accordingly. Uh, For now, I think you just have to to go by uh, the personnel. And uh, for me, there's, uh, I think, just a couple of, uh, you know, obvious things need to be said. Uh, Stevie Scott, I thought, um, certainly had a freshman season to remember. I thought he was uh, better than could be expected, game in and game out. He was a consistent force for Indiana, uh, and you look forward, you know, to that and the career he could have. You build on that guy that you say, okay, that's a cornerstone piece of our program moving forward. Uh, I think you look at your receivers and you're you're excited about them and say, okay, that's a cornerstone that we can have as an offense. Um, I think you you look at your uh, your defense and you say, all right, we played a ton of young guys. We love the recruits coming in. We love the redshirt guys uh, coming back, and we love the freshmen and sophomores that got experience this year. Uh, Indiana's defense on paper, you know, we can only say this on paper for now, Indiana's defense on paper should be better at nearly every level next season, Uh, and in some levels, you know, they they could be significantly better uh, based on experience and talent coming back. That's something they didn't have this year with that experience, and that plays a huge part uh, in success in college football. Uh, And then special teams, you know, beyond Logan Justice and Hayden Whitehead, the guys are there. um, Coverage units and your explosiveness on returns, uh, it just has to improve, uh, 100% improvement. I mean, there just has to be a 180 based on what we saw this year. Um, Mm -hmm. And then really – what it comes down to for me, none of this matters. None of it matters. Everything else could be improved and could go great. If Indiana does not have a difference-making quarterback, nothing matters. They have a capped ceiling in which they will, look, they'll beat Eastern Illinois, Connecticut, and Ball State. They should beat them pretty handily by just rolling out a C-plus game. They should beat any of those teams, pretty handily with the C-plus, B-minus game. Uh, They might be able to beat Rutgers with the same type of thing. At home, play a B-minus game, and, you know, maybe you win that one. Uh, At Maryland, who knows what that game is going to look like. I think Maryland's going to hit the reset button and uh, which players stay and which players go, what that team looks like next season, who knows. So that puts you at five to get above that and to beat somebody like a Northwestern or a Michigan state or a Penn state or a Purdue next year in West Lafayette, you need a difference maker at quarterback. And until Indiana has one of those, which I think Michael Pennings can be, and I hope he's the guy that can carry that and, and become that. But until that happens, nothing else matters.
1: Yeah. And, you know, going back to the cornerstones next year, you, you, You hope that as good as Stevie Scott was this year, you hope that that running back rotation uh, expands. You have Ronnie Walker, who had a a couple highlights, didn't really do much late in the year, but had a couple highlights uh, in the middle of the year and and played well. Uh, You're going to hopefully bring in Samson James uh, into that room. You get Cole Guest back, who, if we talk position changes, I think is a candidate. Uh, to move out to to slot receiver and replace uh, Luke Timian and uh, and Jason Harris there and, and give you a little bit of an insurance policy on WAP failure. Uh, he's a guy who could you could flex out and, and do so much with um, with him. Uh, hopefully he's getting back strong. Uh, and, and then you have Ivory Winters as well. Uh, so you have four guys there who who could really be bell cows um, and. Yeah. Maybe. And I,
0: Ivory Winters, Ivory Winters is a guy that uh, Mike Hart, who I think we have to trust as a talent evaluator at this point until he proves us otherwise, uh, Ivory Winters is a guy that Mike Hart is very high on. Uh, and and Indiana, uh, you know, I, I sure hope Indiana holds on to both him and Samson James because uh, if they do, that's that's two guys that. Uh, you know, those are potential difference makers out of the backfield, just like Stevie Scott was this year.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, maybe Stevie Scott statistically doesn't have the same year as he does this year, but Indiana's rush offense is still 10th in the conference, uh, and, and that needs to improve as well, and, and the exposure yeah. plays and all that stuff, and you hope Michael Penix, the quarterback, is that difference maker, and you hope he comes back um, from surgery participate in spring ball because that's the biggest thing he needs the the injury hurt but what hurt the most was him missing out on reps the rest of the season because i think that penn state game if he stayed healthy um he's playing more and i think he showed them i think that was um the plan changed there to use him and, and maybe burn that redshirt year now you do get the year back uh, but those reps are valuable. Hopefully he can participate in spring ball. Now, I don't think he's going to play in the spring game. I don't think he'll be open for contact. He can't risk it that early um, after surgery, but to be able to participate in seven on seven and the skelly drills and, and getting on the same page as, as your uh, receivers, is going to be huge. And then hopefully uh yep. be full by the summer and fall camp and, um, if you have to the first two games uh play him and Peyton Rand put him on a pitch count kind of like Northwestern did with Clayton Thorson at the beginning of the year, sure. so he's ready uh for that for the meat of that season uh next year, but that's you know it's all until everybody recovers differently until he sees the field um you know who knows uh what he's gonna look like. Uh, in practice and all those things. So, you know, against Ball State and Eastern Illinois, I, the first two games of the year and then Connecticut, you should play both They both should play. And if you get up big against those teams, uh, yeah, put, put the backup in and, and let them roll with it and, and, uh, and, and move on because you can't, like you said, we we've seen this offense with Peyton Ramsey now for, a full year after a couple games last year. And it's just, you're not going to win games scoring 25 points a game uh, or whatever IU average this year. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so Indiana has got to, got to hope then and, and hope that Michael panics comes back uh, healthy and in time for, to participate in spring ball doesn't have to be a full participation Uh, But as long as he's strong with those receivers, that'll help. And, you know, we'll see other attrition as well. Uh, There's always attrition. And so we'll see where we're back, uh, who's back, what players are back. Um, And then going into the December signing period, uh, December 19th, what freshmen are coming in, uh, how many early enrollees are coming in. There should be quite a few uh, this year how they help in spring ball and all that. stuff. So there's still a lot to be determined about how this team will actually look this year. And it's just way too early to evaluate 2019 out of, you know, the schedule because the schedule's set it's been set for a while and you could take wild guesses on, on most of those and, and, and be uh, pretty correct. But the off season is just getting started. It's going to be, going to be a crazy offseason, coaching carousels, uh, you know, spinning at full speed. Uh, We'll see. I I don't think Jeff Brown was introduced at Louisville today, Uh, so we'll see what happens because a couple so-called experts uh, said that he was going to Louisville today. Today was November 26th, uh, right? So, uh, But he did not give an actual date. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Rondell Morris said after the game that Jeff Brown told him not to worry about uh, Louisville and that Purdue was where he wanted to be. So we'll see uh, where that goes and, and the coaching searches at all levels and, and things like that. And we'll keep everybody updated. We're we're going to try and do uh, you know a biweekly podcast uh, to go over that type type of national news, to go over the bowl games. Yeah. And, and to keep talking about college football, because we love it, TJ. And we can't wait until Bill Connolly gets his uh, preview started in February and all those things. So uh, it was just a really weird year. And, and my question yeah. to you, TJ, was was the team that took the field against FIU improved, regressed, or stayed the same by the time the season ended?
0: Ah. Uh. Well, um, I think it probably, I think it improved in a couple of areas. I think the offensive line got better, um, by the end of the season. I think the offensive line, uh, overall, I thought performed pretty well, um, given how many good defensive fronts they faced. I thought the offensive line improved, uh, and was, was pretty good by the end of the season, uh, and had a couple of games where they were excellent um, against really good defenses. I thought that uh, overall, though, you would have to say the defense, I think, wore down, uh, which makes sense with a lot of young players playing their first season of college football. Uh, That makes sense. I mean, it's understandable. But I think defense wore down and uh, got beat up a little bit, and I think that the offense really missed the explosiveness Uh, of someone like Wap Fillier or of a quarterback like Michael Penix. Um, Overall, I think they probably stayed just about the same. Um, You know, beating Maryland prevents me from saying that they regressed because they hung on for that win uh, and got that one in what was a highly entertaining game. Uh, And then they played very well against Michigan, really, so I, I think that prevents me from saying regressed, but it's pretty hard to, to say that they improved or, or got a lot better uh, by the end of the season.
1: Yeah, that's I, I, I the that same way. It's, it, they didn't regress. They weren't worse than they were at the beginning of the season, but they certainly didn't right. get better. And, and, and that's, that's almost as bad as, as regressing as just not improving. And sure. You know, We'll, we'll see, and and we'll see where they go from here. And it's just – it's it's a frustrating uh, program to, to follow uh, for sure. But it's still yeah. – if you go back, it's Indiana in the last four years has had 22 wins, which it's probably one of the better runs in IU football history, which doesn't say a lot about Indiana football history. But you got to start somewhere. And – Next year, we said it at the beginning of this year. This year was huge. Well, next year is big. You're you're now moving into the back half of Tom Allen's um, after the year. You're moving into that back half of Tom Allen's contract. Uh, you expect yeah. there to be coaching changes, which is always a precursor to you know changes at the next level. Uh, if they if they don't work out and things like that, so it's. The next year's crossroads. You have a if you, if you keep this class together, you have a pretty good class coming in. You have a full year of Michael Penix as long as he stays healthy uh, at, at quarterback, and you know hopefully you have some spiced up offense uh, and, and some special teams to go along with uh, the young players on defense. And you got to move on. You got to absolutely. Look, this year was a pass/fail year. I'll give out grades like they weren't pass/fail, but as a pass/fail year, Indiana failed. They needed to get to bowl game this year. They didn't do it. Changes are going to have to come now. So yep. we'll see. Uh, next year is going to be this year on steroids. It's going to be uh, more important, uh, especially with with changes and things like that. So they they gotta. They got to start, you know, finishing games and and maybe, um, you know, closing the locker room a little bit in terms of talk and and just focusing on on winning games. Just go out there, play football, and win games and give your best effort, Uh, because if this team gave its best effort all year instead of just half the year or three quarters of the year, they're probably playing in a bowl game. Uh, And this team as a whole this season probably didn't deserve to go to a bowl game because they had letdowns at Minnesota Uh, they were embarrassed on homecoming against Iowa and just the effort coming out maybe not effort but the performance against Purdue uh, coming out of there there was just too many like uh, what's going on type of games for Indiana this year that if you get rid of the talk and the undisciplined play and the throat slashing after making a play—just you know—to to take Jeff Brom at Purdue last year. Just go play football. Go play football. Do what you're good at, and uh, you know, shut your mouths. Keep all that talk in the locker room, and go out and and win games. And then you could talk about having, um, you know, the the, the one word. And the one word is that's a great teaching tool in the locker room. It's a great teaching tool uh, for life. It's great to have your one word uh, to set the tone for the year and and to accomplish your goals and all that stuff, but don't build your program around it uh, around because now you're over 2 you didn't break through in 2017 and you didn't finish in 2018. Uh, And it's great to have goals and and your goal is to ultimately break through. and, And I get that it's a mindset, but that's a mindset that's, you got to keep it in the locker room now, and um, and just put your head down and, and go to work. Uh, so th- that's my take on, on the 2018 Indiana Hoosiers.
0: I, I've got the I've got the one word for next year: win. Win. I I am I, I don't care about style points against any of the three teams in the non-conference. I don't care about. or or anything like that, for me, 2019, they have to win. That is all that matters for 2019. You win, show progress on the field, and then I will buy in 100% to the future and to the continued building because everything has gotten better. It has. The facilities have gotten better. Are they where they have to be? No, they're not, but they have gotten better. Uh, The recruiting has gotten better. Is it where it has to be? Nope but it's getting better. It is improving. However, there's only so long that you can point to that improvement uh, and still have it be something that matters to fans. And I think we're at that point. We are there. Uh, and and at that point, like you said, it's a crossroads. You either win and show that progress on the field or people tune it out and it is just chatter. That's it. Uh, and, and it, I think that we are there uh, now with with this with this version of Indiana football. So for me, uh, you know, 2019 is about winning. You you win on the field, and we see those tangible results. Or the rest of this stuff is is just going to go by the wayside and be uh, be another you know short tenure of, of chapter of in Indiana football that ultimately didn't work. Um, and sure. I desperately hope that that's not the case. I mean, I, I I will openly admit I am a fan of Tom Allen, and I definitely want this to succeed. I, I 100% do. Uh, but even I, who uh, am an optimist and, and, you know, definitely see the best out of Indiana football, uh, probably give it more benefit of the doubt than I should, uh, uh, I will have to admit if, if 2019 is another year that, that we see just, you know, uh, treading water. Um, you know, I, I would have to, at that point question, you know, what the future needs to look like. So for me, you know, I, I've put 2018 to bed, um, and I'm, you know, looking forward to the bowl season and this week's championship Saturday. Um, and then for, for Indiana football, uh, they've got either win, uh, in 2019 and get to that bowl game and show definite progress, uh, but you know even if even if they don't get to a bowl game and twenty nineteen just feels uh, like a like a huge step forward, which is possible I suppose you know I don't want to set you know uh, definite standards on it like that uh, i progress has to be shown, and if it's not then uh, you know I, I think you have to look uh have to look at all facets of the program and like you said, it's going to start in the off season with, uh, with getting guys healthy, getting guys participating in spring ball, uh, and getting better from that standpoint. And then from a staff standpoint to show hey, we recognized there are not, uh, we don't have every answer here. We've got to look elsewhere to find it, uh, and make those changes and, and build yourself towards, uh, competing in, in 2019 because, you know, no one else in the big 10 is going to sit by and, um, just do nothing and be happy with five wins. I mean, Rutgers is somehow sticking with Chris Ash, uh, which I, I am not entirely sure how you sell that to your fan base, but you know, Rutgers is going to do that. Uh, beyond that, everybody else is uh, you know, continuing to try to, to move forward and uh, get better And Indiana's got to do the same, and I think that means the changes we talked about uh, off the field uh, have to translate to on-field results, or I don't think anybody, or very few people anyway, will be willing to, to wait around for it to to happen.
1: Yeah, it's and to me, it's a it's not really a do-or-die situation next year, because I, I do think Tom Allen comes back in 2020, no matter what, but you're right. If right. we were going down the highway that is Indiana football, that sign that says oh, we're Passing whatever you know, one side is uh, nobody cares. One side is you're excited. That signs right in the middle of the car when when you know you're you're cross state lines and your brother sticks his hand out the window and say, Oh, I'm in Ohio first or whatever, or I'm in New Jersey first. Uh, you're at that point where we're, we're uh, definitely definitely at a crossroads. Some people are over the line onto being uh, apathetic uh, to the program. We saw it after. Uh, the Minnesota loss if you just look at yep. the numbers on the site uh, after the Minnesota loss you saw people didn't want to read about it didn't want to talk about it and all that stuff and that's how I gauge program interest uh, you saw the crowd against Maryland and then when they beat Maryland there there's a slow uptick uh, in, in interest again so it, it's almost a game by game um, thing with, with fans emotions and buy-ins and all that stuff and <laughs> Blame on the fan. It's just you're at the point where a win or a loss on either side could, uh, you know, could push people over the edge and could push this program into a black hole or back into the sunlight uh, where where it needs to be in terms of that. But you know, it's going to be a tough road uh, next year. You get Ohio State early uh, as well in Game Three. You get I have to go to, to Michigan State early uh, before you know, but you do get two bye weeks next year. There are weeks. So, if you're a college football fan, uh, you got two extra Saturdays uh, to stay at home and watch games. Um, and, and then you got road trips uh, to Penn State, Nebraska, at the end of the year, or between Maryland and Purdue, you have to go to Nebraska play Northwestern at home, travel to Penn state and face Michigan at home. So it's not going to be an easy test to get six wins next year, but if this team improves and evolves, uh, that should definitely be on the table uh, on the table next year. But we have hit a crossroads and we want to thank everybody who's listening and everybody who's listened all year, uh, all year long. We'll continue to bring you college new football news. We are college football fans. Um, We'll have our fan-driven shows. uh, Send us in your questions. We'd love to talk college football, and it's going to be a crazy. Give me all your bowl games. Give me all your 74, overtime games. uh, Give me all your 5-2 games or whatever, 3-2 games. Give me any college football game, you you know, that people are willing to put on TV, uh, and we'll talk about it. It's just something that we can't. Uh, really get enough of and, and enjoy talking about it. So I want to thank you all for listening uh, this year uh, as well. And TJ, I want to thank you for being my co-host uh, together. I, I, I have so much, I enjoy it so much talking, just spending an hour each Monday talking IU football, talking college football, and hopefully in the off season, we could do it every, every couple of weeks. And, and, uh, and keep college football alive during these these cold months. So thank you uh, for for being here in 2018.
0: Yep, I echo those sentiments, and uh, certainly want to thank everyone for listening as well. And uh, hope you stick with us through the off season. We'll we'll get through it together, and uh, you know before we know it, it'll be uh, be September again, and we'll kick it off. Uh, for 2019, so definitely appreciate everybody and uh, enjoy the bowl season.
1: Yeah, and, and that's going to do it for the 2018 regular season podcast. We'll have uh, a bowl show and uh, some other shows coming up as well. Some offseason moves and uh, recruiting. Early signing day is December 19th, uh, so that's coming up right around the corner. As TJ said, September will be here probably before we know it. But as, as somebody who's now teaching full time. I do not want to wish away my summer. Uh, so I enjoy the summer months. I enjoy previewing the teams and all that. But thank you all for joining us this season. Come check out HoosierHuddle.com. The entire offseason as we cover Indian football, it's not really an offseason. It's more like recruiting season and things like that. So uh, enjoy the basketball season. Come back to Hoosier Huddle for your football fix. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle dot, um, at Hoosier underscore huddle Uh, and we'll announce our bingo winners throughout the year uh, from throughout the year uh, here in the next week and and get people the the right prizes as well uh, from vintage brands. Uh, They still have a couple hours on their Cyber Monday sale, 30% off of everything. Uh, They have some other good deals as well. So uh, enjoy enjoy bowl season for what it is. I really enjoy it. I know people think it's a, some people think it's a participation trophy, but I enjoy uh, as much college football a- as possible. So uh, thank you for joining us this season. I really appreciate your, your listening and your readership, and we'll be back here in the next couple weeks.
0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.